Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning into the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 94th edition of the Don't Killer Messages podcast. Got a lot that we got to cover on the show today, but to start the show off, we're going to talk about UFC 219. Uh, that's going to be coming up on the 30th. So uh, we're going to be doing this a week in advance because we won't have a show next week, but Let's get right into UFC 219, man. Uh, just Darnell, just overall, uh, we're going to just cover two fights. But, man, just what do you think about the whole card? Not bad. Uh, <clears throat> I do wonder how well it'll do, you know, at the gate and everything. It, uh, I guess it's just still a mentality that goes along with the sport is hard when you have a uh, a fight between two two ladies he's headlining the card so that, that always makes you wonder how <clears throat> Ryan Rousey he broke a, a little bit of a mold with that because of uh, all the female with her but uh, uh, Cyborg and Holly Holm don't have that kind of uh, notoriety to them yeah. so uh, it's an interesting fight I'm not sure <clears throat> but uh it's it's definitely something that, uh, especially for the hardcore fans, it's something to put a card, and then you know you got could be Nurgam off on it, trying to see uh, if he has gotten his head straight. And then either, there's some good fights down the card too. Like I really like that Carlos Condit Neil Magny fight as well. Yeah, those are going to be those two are going to be starting to show off. Uh, so. <clears throat> Yeah, it started off with a firework, man. That should be a good uh, fight just to start the UFC event off. So, yeah, it's it's looking like a good one. Uh, just like you said, man, uh, between Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm, uh, it's going to be interesting to see just how the pay um, is going to be out for this uh, pay-per-view. People will be willing to put their money up because uh, obviously those two are very talented, but when it comes to the women, you know, you're right, man. It was Ronda Rousey. Uh, she was huge in bringing people out uh, to go see her fight for the main event. So uh, these two, uh, Holly Holm, she defeated uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, Chris Cyborg, she's just out there just dominating right now. Um, so two talented ladies, but, yeah, they, they're not bringing in the draw that Rowdy, uh, Rowdy uh, Rousey was bringing in. So just going to be interesting to see, man. But. Overall, it should be a good pay-per-view for the people to go check out. <clears throat> now, the first fight that we're about to get right into is Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Edson Barbosa. Uh, just what are your thoughts on this fight, man? On paper, it's, an, it's a good fight. Uh, if all, all things are how they should go, I think most people are favoring Khabib here. Has he got himself straight to where he can make weight, not put himself in danger. Yeah. And live up to a contract for a signed fight. Because, you know, a lot of people think he's one of the more talented uh, fighters in this division. He should be at the top of the division. He should have a belt. He's been his own worst enemy uh, with not being able to make weight. And I think he even though he's a foreign-born fighter, I think he could be a very he's not afraid to get out there and talk and uh, put himself out there. But 
just comes down to uh, has, has, did he get his training down, and has he did he start his weight cut early enough to where them pounds that it's just water weight, and not that he's trying to burn 15, 20 pounds of weight. I'm like he has done before. Uh, just with that, man, you basically touched on Khabib with him making weight, man. The guy's a beast. Um, <clears throat> the whole just weight cutting uh, problem with him, uh, that's just going to be the key thing for him. Uh, but just overall, just looking at this fight, man, I think this is going to be a fun fight to watch. Uh, Khabib, that guy's a bulldog, man. He's going to go on there. He's going to go after you. Uh, but one thing I like about Edson Barbosa is he reminds me of my man Aldo back in the day, man, with those leg kicks. He will kick the hell out of you. So I want to see how he can go in there and utilize those leg kicks um, and see if he could put some work in on Namurga Madoff um, in order to slow him down and potentially win this fight. Um, so those leg kicks, man, if he can go in there and utilize them, uh, chop Khabib down and uh, slow him down throughout the fight and put in some other work. I think that would be very helpful. But if Khabib can go on there, man, take him down and just do his thing, uh, this could this could, this is just a good fight, man. It's Either way, man, these guys are – you talk about styles making fights. Uh, these two uh, definitely got some styles that could go in there and just have them get a win. But it's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. They they didn't give uh, number made off. Of a cupcake at all coming back in after uh, his layoff. Uh, Edson's game, he is a very good all around fighter. Uh, like you said, he's he's dangerous standing. Good jujitsu. Uh, this this will see if uh, if this is the Khabib we all know or yeah. uh, if it's time to move up. Yeah, I, I, I think for him to come back. Who you got winning, man? I mean, I'm going to go with who I see is the better fighter. I'm going to go with Namurga Madoff here. Yeah. Probably like a second or third round stoppage. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So you're feeling a stoppage. Uh, this this is going to be a good fight, man. Um, I like Khabib. I like Barboza, too. Uh, both of these guys, I just love watching those guys fight. The problem, too, man, is Khabib, uh, he's had a little layoff, too, uh, for a minute, so he's going to be pretty rusty. Um, but uh, he, I think he is the better fighter, man, but I think Barboza's going to have it this uh, this fight, man. Just with the, the whole issue with Khabib uh, cutting weight and uh, just him having that little layoff, I think that could get to him. So he's the better fighter. Um, if you're just looking at on paper, Khabib should have it, but I think I'm, I'm going to get an edge to Barboza in this one, so... Yeah, see, no issue. If uh, he has a rough weight cut and is still having these issues, that tank probably won't be there. And, yeah, you know, that that could spell bad news. So, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that's a possibility. I'm gonna look at it if, if and he did what he supposed like. Yeah. All right, up next, uh, we're about to go right into the main event. Chris Cyborg is going to be getting on with Holly Holm. Uh, just what are your thoughts on these two squaring off, man? That's uh, an interesting fight. Like I said, uh, Holly will probably be one of one of the more game uh, opponents that Cyborg. I don't think there's going to be that fear factor, honestly. Yeah. Just because Holly <clears throat> has fought all kinds of fights, and 
uh, and it might be a little a little difficult for uh, Cyborg to solve her because she Holly's good at fighting at range, and she's good at fight. She's she's good with strikes, retreating. Uh, I think that's partially how she was able to deal with Rousey so easy. And yeah. but I mean, as far as striking goes, this is a whole different level. Cyborg is is beyond Rousey stand up, uh, but a Holmes countering and ability to strike while kind of fading back can help her some make her uh, could possibly push, push this fight rounds, possibly a decision. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see if she can take the, the storm that is a uh, cyborg. Uh, Cause cyborg is going to keep coming forward here. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say is this, man, obviously, you know, I, I got cyborg winning. Uh, that's my girl, but, um, the key thing with this fight is, you know, Holly Holm, a cyborg's a girl. She's going to go in there. She's going to stand up and start swinging. But uh, she cyborg better not um, underestimate Holly Holm at all because that girl got experience in boxing. Uh, she know how to work those hands, too. So I just think the key thing with uh, Holly Holm is, you know, not to go up in there and just trade shots with her back and forth, but kind of just stick and move a little bit. Just go up in there, work some jabs in on her. And just uh, punch her and make sure that she's getting out the way from those heavy blows that Cyborg's going to try to deliver on her. So, just a stand-up, man, uh, game. This is just going to be a beautiful chess match uh, because you got a guy that's going to go up in there, uh, has power like crazy with Cyborg. And then uh, Holly Holm, just great stand-up, great boxing skills. Uh, she can go up in there, work some great footwork, try to get in and out. So, this is going to be uh, interesting to see, but I think my girl Cyborg is going to go up in there and pull it off. Uh, with a win, so uh, that girl, yes, just, yeah, those blows, she can get, go up in there and work those blows on her, man. She's gonna go down. Uh, that girl is she just has insane power. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, if if I had to go put put my money down on a fight, I'm I'm here. Uh, but <clears throat> I, I do think there is a small possibility that uh, I guess lightning strikes twice for Holly Holm. Yeah, uh, she, she's a very good counter fighter, and, <clears throat> and she's fighting somebody that's aggressive. Cyborg yeah. is aggressive. Rousey was aggressive, and that's when she is at her most dangerous. If it's seeing openings because the fighter covering up because they're going after it, that's that's when Holly Holm can make make something happen. Yeah, uh, as it comes down to a game plan, uh, Cyborg is going to be Cyborg. And that, but uh, she does need to be aware. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, and that basically covers it for UFC 219. Um, just gonna get and talk about last week's fight between RDA and, and Lawler. Uh, just what were your thoughts on uh, that fight, man? Uh, I mean, surprising, uh, I guess, would be. I know RDA has been on a tour, uh, tear since going up to welterweight, I yeah. did not expect him to just blitz Robbie Lawler yeah. like that for five rounds. Yeah. He he basically out he outdid Lawler in every way and it seemed like he fell every round. Yeah. Uh he came out in the opening round basically looking like he was prime Jose Aldo, just lighting up Lawler's leg, which has he watched some film because 
pay to uh, Lawler's power and go after that leg to where he can't use it. Uh, he, he lost some fights in the strike force days by getting his leg torn up. And then uh, second round, he showcased his hands. Third round, he put him on the ground. Yeah. Out wrestled him. It, it was just crazy watching that. And, you know, just as the fight went on, Lawler just didn't have anything left. He had to be ginger on his leg. Couldn't really do much there. And, you know, just all, all around on outclassed. Uh, this tip you have to RDA, he was that night, he was, he was a top five fighter on the planet. Yeah. Uh, I was just absolutely amazed uh, at that, man. You basically took the words out of my mouth. But um, Robbie Lawler's a beast, man. You do not want to sleep on that guy. And he just made – RDA just came in there and just walked through him like it was nothing, man. I mean, yeah, you said just utilize all his abilities on him in order to get that win, man. Uh, this is a prime example, dude. If you would have looked at that uh, fight with him and – um. Eddie Alvarez, you could have thought he was done, man, but it just shows goes to show that, you know, a quick change in your weight class and whatnot, that could change stuff up. So, uh, he's rebounding, man. He's looking like the beast uh, that he was when he had the championship belt. So, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to come uh, down between uh, him and his other opponents in the future. Um, you think he get a title shot soon, or what What do you think about that? If, if, uh, Owning the belt, this is who should have the next shot. I think he he clearly showcased that now. Uh, yeah. he he's earned it. Uh, he just, the former champion. Yeah, uh, and you know made him look like he wasn't even in his class. So yeah, RDA has earned earned the shot. And to, to earlier talking about America uh, made off, this is an example in this day and age there's probably should just start trying to fight at a more comfortable weight because he hasn't looked this good since he was uh the weight champion yeah and it's probably because his body feels a ton better because he's not killing himself the day before a fight trying to cut that extra 10 10 dehydrating himself yeah I just I just don't get that man with these uh trainers and these fighters do why they do that. Like they say it's an advantage, but I don't see how it's an advantage to do that, man, if you're basically, yeah, just killing yourself weeks before the fight and then you just think that somehow drinking a lot of fluids that's gonna re uh juvenate you like that, man. Like that's what you're doing is very dangerous, man. Like you could die doing that stuff. And for those guys to just go out there, man, and really just think that that's somehow an advantage. I, I just don't see that at all, man. I think that's just absolutely crazy to be doing that, to be cutting weight like that. But, you know, yeah, I mean, no, no matter what is dangerous, but uh, as far as the, yeah, it may be an advantage for you if you're between the ages of 18 and like 23, 24, where yeah. your body is still young and and can rejuvenate itself quicker. But once you to that 30 or so, it's just time to go up and wait. Yeah. Uh, especially just, it's your natural there just as you get older. And yeah. I mean, these guys are elite athletes, but water is necessary for you. If, yeah. if you're getting yourself where you're pretty much close to kidney failure and you can barely walk, like this, it's not worth it. 
if you're not good enough to feed, beat people at your, you probably shouldn't be doing it if you have to weigh 15 pounds more than the person you're fighting. Yeah. So I definitely agree, man. Just to close this out, um, there was talks today with Dana White trying to get UFC, uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, to make his debut in the UFC. Um, just what are your thoughts on that, man? You think it's BS? You think Floyd's going to be in to do it? Pull a James Tony or what? Like, how how you feeling, man? E. Crow, uh, as far as versus Connor in a boxing ring, I didn't think that was possible. And if Floyd gets in the, the UFC ring, I think he saw James Tony. I, I don't. Floyd is a lot of things, but stupid is not one of them. Yeah. I think he knows. Uh, if he were to step in an octagon where you can wrestle, you can throw elbows, you can throw kicks, blast whoop. Yeah. So I don't think this is a possibility. No. And I, I think that's why he quickly said, I mean, it's something I could do, but I'm not doing it. Uh, Floyd is not dumb. Yeah. We, we know he's not dumb by how he picked his opponents through his career. Yeah, business wise, and I don't. I think he knows this would be good business for him, unless they could somehow pay him more than he made in that McGregor fight. Which I don't know if the UFC's pockets are big enough for that. To give him part of it, but uh, I, I don't think, and I don't think Floyd wants to lose, and uh, I think he knows the probabilities of him losing. Uh, he, he goes into an MMA fight. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Um, I think he would definitely be biting off a little bit more than he can chew if he was a debut into the UFC. Um, the only way I could see this happening is if somehow he has like a clause in a contract where he would possibly have his opponent only do stand-up where they can't kick it just to be punched or thrown or something like that to kind of sneak it up in there to make it seem like it was a true mixed martial arts fight. But that's the only way I can see it happen. And if Floyd gets in the octagon where people can kick, clinch, uh, wrestle, uh, do ground and pound, uh, yeah, that's not going to be good for his career, man. So I, I definitely agree. It's, Dana's probably just going out there, just throwing stuff out there, man, just to get more attention to his brand in the UFC. But, um, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't see that happening. Um, maybe in your dreams, man, but yeah, real life, I don't, I don't see Floyd going into the octagon. There's no upside in it for Floyd. I yeah. mean, he's, he's an old, older boxer. I know James. Floyd's not a, a knockout fighter like James Tony was. Yeah. Uh, that was a legit fear about him stepping in the ring with Couture, where if, if he threw the right punch, he... I mean, not just knock, like break his jaw yeah. off of one punch. That's not Floyd. Floyd already has to heavily t- has to pick his because he has as it goes already. Yeah, and uh, he he just he's never been that type of puncher. Yeah, out of that working in his face. It, uh, yeah, like you said, just. It, it, his name in the media talking about that for a day, but I don't know. Yeah. All right, now we're about to get ready to switch it up. 
semester, we talk about the man with the master plan, and that is LeVar Ball. What do y'all think about him putting his kids overseas uh, to play basketball, to potentially go pro, and to go to the Lakers? Jump in, Ty. <laughs> yeah, I'd... Yeah, if, if if this plan's even gonna work, um, it's we already see a small number of European players come over, make it. Um, I mean, you could think of a couple off the top of your head just because of recent years, but I, I can't say that we've seen an American take the approach of going overseas and then coming back. And then really being able to kill it in the NBA. The, the only example I can think of off the top of my head is Brandon Jennings. And then I think his name was what, Terrence Ferguson. I believe he was drafted this past year and took, took the same route. He may have played Australia, but. Does Moudier use that way too? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah wasn't. Yeah, he he may have, but yeah, I, still very small. The majority of these guys go one year and then go pro. So it's definitely it's definitely a gamble. Any any other way to phrase it, a gamble that he's trying to take. Uh, a very interesting one, considering uh, you know he is already you know. Said that uh, Leangelo's not good enough. Everybody else is kind of following along that same pattern, and they don't really believe that Leangelo's good enough. I guess this is a chance for him to go pro, so he's taking it. And, and uh, I think it's good publicity for uh, the uh, team in the Latvian League. Yeah, uh, as far as Lavar goes, it's basically. This was his only out right now after, you know, basically pulling both of his kids out of school. Uh, Leangelo out of UCLA and Lamelo out of. Uh, I, uh, uh, it was pretty much all he was going to do because it's the only way that he could get both of them playing and doing was to go <laughs> overseas and try to do this. Uh, just to piggyback a little bit off of what Ty said. Uh, Leangelo has not been seen as an NBA prospect. Prospect, he, he's like a three-star basketball recruit. Like it was even questionable if he could start on UCLA's team. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think this was a big deal as far as the team goes with Levar pulling him off, and then Lamelo. He he, but right now he's he's still sixteen. He's like six five one fifty. Uh, so still time to try, try to figure out what is he going to be because yeah. uh, right now he's he's still seen as a one-dimensional type player uh, as far as this move goes I mean like I said it's his only shot they they get to, they get to make some money because already people were it was a violation for uh, uh, LaMelo because he he has a signature shoe now will be brand. Yeah. So 
off the fact of him making money off of a sneaker, he probably wasn't going to be able to go to UCLA either. Yeah. Uh, reporting on this earlier and for the team over in Latvia, this is basically a win win for them. They they signed the kids to basically one month type deal to see if they want if they can play for one and two. Does it bring some eyeballs and then maybe some ticket sales so they can bump things up a little bit. We'll see how that goes and multiple league for the team to make make a jump up or or if if they do show that they can do anything. Maybe give some hope and give far some more things he can talk about. But this is something with a uh, with uh, watching it from afar, just to see what happened. Super in tune to this to see how how these two kids do. Because, like I said, one of them sixteen, and I don't know what he'll, he'll turn into in the other one. And uh, from everything I've read and heard, there he's really not an NBA player. So it's it's something to keep them in the news. Which I mean, it's basically Levar Ball's it. Mo right now, uh, no, no press is bad press. Basically, he, yeah. he seems to live by that, and that's that's what this is. Yeah, yeah, I, I got no problem with it. Um, just with uh, you know, kind of what you guys were talking about, um, in terms of the shoe deal for Lamelo and just Leangelo not turning out to be good. The only thing that I hope. Uh, with this whole situation is I hope that Lavar is not trying to live out his dreams through his kids. So um, I hope this is something truly that his kids want to do and the path that they want to take. But if this is the path that they want to take um, and they honestly feel as if this is the best thing to do for their career, uh, just in terms of what's everything going on uh, with them right now, in terms of what happened in China, uh, the whole UCLA thing, like I said, the shoe deal, um, if that's the best route that they have to take, I'm absolutely fine with that. I wish them the absolute best, but yeah, I just hope that LeVar isn't trying to live out his dreams to his kids and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, I, I wish them the best, man. I hope this, uh, turns out good for him. Uh, hopefully we can see some of their games overseas, uh, see how they play, but yeah. I honestly don't think he's trying to live out dreams or anything. Cause I mean, he, he's basically accomplished that with Lonzo. Yeah, true. I just think he's basically kind of a master marketer, and he he's gonna move. And honestly, uh, it, if he can accomplish, you know, making this uh, uh, clothing brand a a mainstay to where he can cash out on that. Uh, uh, yearly, I think he's accomplished what he wanted to. He he lets out little nuggets of truth. He was one of the ones that said that uh, that Leangelo probably was going to be the one that NBA. And I think the jury is still out on the mellow uh, as far as will he grow into more of an NBA body. Yeah, but he he. Guy's still going through puberty, man. <laughs> Sixteen, exactly. <laughs> which, which I mean, he, he, he may do better. I'm not saying yeah. he's going to be terrible. Anything. I'm not. I'm not. 
um, a child. Uh, but I just, I, I think, I think LeVar knows what he has in his three children marketing potential and, and he's going to. All right. Uh, now, how do you guys feel about this whole LeVar ball, uh, issue with him starting up the uh, this basketball league uh, for guys coming out of high school. Yeah, just what I'm hearing is uh, I believe it's going to be called the Junior Basketball League. Uh, basically, just for the top rated players. I don't even want to know if we should be calling them recruits anymore if we thrown around, but Basically, for the top-rated high school players in the league, um, where they actually do get paid, so it's basically just the alternative to college basketball. So they uh, would pretty much be professional, then you could say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, technically, anything you're deemed ineligible by the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, basic. As sad as it is to say, like. You could take five and you're kind of small stuff like that to, you know, probably just isn't monitored. So you can get away with it. But um, like I, I was texting you guys earlier today when I saw that and I was kind of like, you know, the idea works. I don't know if there'd be enough to actually form a league, if there'd be enough willing to take the risk. Um, granted, I think there'd be a lot of hacks willing to take the risk, but I think if you're a little more serious on getting to the NBA, NCAA basketball is a more serious option for you than this would be. But I think the idea itself works. Like I told you guys, I I really feel like if one thing's going to be beaten by the monopoly that is college athletics, it's going to be the basketball. One that kind of has the biggest loophole, uh, um, you know. You, as of now, you only have to be there one year, so that's one semester of classes. Then you can do whatever you want as a student. Um, so I, I really think, with a good enough plan, and I'm not saying this is or isn't, but with a good enough plan, I really think you could kind of beat it. Uh, unlike football, being there three years is kind of your only gateway to the NFL. So here, I think in theory, it's a good alternative. I don't know if it'll work or not, but I I do definitely think that there is potential for NCAA basketball to be equaled, if you will. Yeah, I agree. I mean, LeVar's idea is that I actually love because uh, in theory this would pretty much whole idea of student athletes which I mean I've long thought is BS yeah. uh, uh, NCAA football and basketball making billions of dollars off, off these kids backs and they still try to throw it out like a scholarship really is for all that they're the institutions uh it's 
just I'm skeptical that actually pull this off. But if somebody was actually able to make a semi-pro style league for some of these kids to go to uh, these 100 type rec- where they could just go be in a league, get make make a hundred thousand dollars or whatever for that year in between learn kind of learn how to be adults still which is the quote college experience they try to learn start to learn how to handle some of these expenses before they get millions thrown at them uh i i, I do love the idea and plus were to come into fruition and I, I do think kids would jump at something like this versus hey go to a school where you're forced to take classes that you may or may not want to take because your coach may be get, pushing you towards taking this major just so you stay for this semester that we want you to stay here if you're a one and done type kid versus hey uh, as, as the story goes you send your kid to college to learn a craft or do what to make money as an adult we have an avenue for you to make money yeah and then it's the same process you'll learn if you're good enough to go to the next level if you're if you are good for you if you're not hey we'll at least put some cash in your pocket uh and put you on tv so you got your name out there you can use that money to the old-fashioned way and, and go back. So, I mean, I, I think there's good in it uh, both ways. In the end, we'll force the NCAA to stop trying to uh, say that there's no way they could pay the kids to do anything and, and it would start being shared with, with the students that are making that money. Yeah. Yeah, I like the whole idea from uh, LeVar, man, starting this league up. I think it would be fun. Uh just to watch and to see it happen. I think he's got a lot of work ahead of him to get this uh, thing done, just with whole, you know, marketing, uh, getting all the guys, uh, you know, paraboard and, you know, finding the place to get the games and whatnot. But it seems fun. Uh, like I said, he definitely has his work uh, cut out ahead for him. But it would just be fun to watch, man, just have these kids get this experience, uh, more basketball experience, uh, competing against other uh, guys, coming out of high school and just, like I said, learning how to be adults, uh, learn how to save their money, the little money that they're getting or whatnot. So it'll just be a good experience for the kids. Um, know the NCAA and whatnot, they're going to try to find a way to stop this from happening and everything like that because they'll be losing a good amount of money if the kids were to decide to take the LeVar Ball route. But um, this will be fun, man. I, I think those guys deserve to get paid anyway. So... Just wishing the best with it, man. And, and I think the thing that, you know, LeVar would have going for him here is he won't have to convince the kids. Um, you know, the ability to basically skip out on school and, you know, get experience of basketball, money in the pocket, you know, like both you said, that I think will is be like, I'm in. Um, like I said, I, I it would be interesting. If serious recruits take the, this idea seriously as well, or if they think, you know, I I have an act, I screwed up. Let's just go to college. Yeah. Because you know, to a point, you'd have to think that 
BA recruits will look at this, you know, if it happens, we'll look at created league and just kind of see it as a as a joke until players decide to take that route. I think it's just going to be an idea of who he can get to play. Uh, will he get enough kids to play to where the talent and the competition's really good that really showcases these athletes? I mean, it would be interesting to see how he uses this uh Lamelo Leangelo moved to Europe as kind of a gateway for, hey, we're going to bring Zoe over and play, you know, all over the world. Um, you know, take them into Europe and be like, all right, you guys are going to be playing Europe level talent and we'll see if you shape up or not. So abilities here will agree to, to an extent this could work. Um, but I think it's just going to, we're going to have to see it. Yeah. That'd be it. We'll just have to see it. Yeah. All right, y'all. Any other comments on Lavar Ball or Big Brawler, Big Baller Brand or what? Move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're just about to get right into some more uh, NCAA basketball, um, guys. Just what are your thoughts on this season uh, so far? Always a good time. Uh, you know, some things we expect, some things we don't. Some things we can expect, you know, over the top of the rankings, your Villanova's, Michigan State's, North Carolina's, your Dukes. They're, they're always hanging around early early in the season. So uh, not a whole lot unexpected there. You know, we're seeing some recruits play well and some returning players play well, too. You know, uh, Miles Bridges off to a little bit of a slow start, which is a bit surprising to me. Uh, I understand, you know, sometimes you put some don't perform very well, but he, he, I think he'll pick it up. up you know, uh, Marvin Bagley III's playing well, Grayson Allen's playing well, uh, and so on. But I think, you know, if there is a thus far into the season, and I think it would be uh, for Oklahoma training. Now, the other night, I think he had something like 21 points and 22 assists, tied the uh, Division One record. I'm just saying. The guy's turning heads. He's creating a buzz. Turning into an early season uh, Player of the Year finalist, you know, or, or not a finalist, uh, but yeah, I mean, he would kind of be a surprise for me. Uh, didn't know a lot about him coming in. I've heard his name, uh, but didn't really have him on, on my radar. But uh, yeah, it's a good season so far. You know, we've had a few upsets already, and uh, there'll be plenty more to come. So yeah, I love it. And uh, it's a good season so far. Yeah, I won't dig too much into it. Ty covered a lot, uh, but I mean, it's been a good early season. Uh, it, 
um, uh, conference play where I think that's where things will start to get more interesting. But uh, I think where we we see who the really good teams are, uh, who everybody's going to be watching later into the season. Uh, I'm surprised because it's like, uh, I mean, personally coming from me, how bad the Big Ten seems to be overall. I think that was a little bit shocking. So you get a lot of teams in the tournament. So uh, there'll have to be some some picking up there from uh, the conference I mainly watch because uh, I think we people in two teams in the top 25, like Purdue and uh, State, I believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe. Well, yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest surprise to me, but you, know, you look through uh, you look through the top 10, a lot of familiar faces, Villanova's, your states, your Duke, your UNC, Kentucky. Uh, so nothing too shocking to me. Some players like Ty had mentioned, but a good early start. Now, uh, you can uh, just guys. We'll just go right into your uh, teams. Uh, you can start with you, Darnell. With your uh, Michigan State squad, um, just how y'all feeling on y'all squad so far this year? Pretty sure you're uh, happy. I'm pretty now. good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can't complain too much. Uh, only lost one game, and uh, they lost that one game based on Grayson Allen turned into a combination of Steph Curry and JJ Redick. So. <laughs> going to complain too much about about that uh uh they locked down more defensively uh uh which they've been super impressive in i guess i would uh team with a lot of talent yeah uh, uh most most people have complained when playing them just how they can just send waves and waves of set them and especially on the the big end with the forwards and centers. I mean, I, I don't want to just be a slappy and keep singing praises, but yeah, I'm totally happy with them. Uh, I do want, I do want bridges to take control a little bit more and step up, but I mean, this is a fun team to watch is more than advertised. Uh, he, he's a one man block party and, and the return sophomores from last year. Bridges has been, good not not quite what we want he started stepping up lately better Cassius Winston uh, is marksman from the three-point area and uh, Ward is continuing to do what he does and and this is just nasty so uh, this is a team where I mean I I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't lose again until we're February. <laughs> when they're claiming. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't see that one going too well for Michigan this year. But <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, you got anything to add to Michigan? What were you about to say, Darnell? No, I'm saying I'm I'm done gloating on my team. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'll just touch on state real fast. They're Michigan State. Um, Jaron Jackson looks really good. Langford is 
better. Um, and that team's uh, Nick Ward for sure still flies way under the radar and doesn't get any of the national or doesn't get a lot of national recognition. But uh, you know, he's just one of those slow race kind of guys. Uh, plays hard. All of his points uh, isn't flashy, isn't a highlight reel, but gets it done night in and night out. It's it's just super impressive. Michigan sitting at ten and three, not too upset about that. Lost two games they should have won. Uh, they should have beat LSU in Maui, and they should have beat Ohio State, I believe. Uh, yep, at Ohio State, uh, lost by nine, but we're, we're up uh, close to twenty. Slip away, can't do that. Um, Wins as of late, though. Uh, they beat UCLA home and overtime. Beat Texas on the road. Uh, I expect both of those teams to be tournament teams. Uh, so, you know, whenever you can pick up wins against teams from Power 5 conferences that look like they're shaping up to be tournament teams, that, that's a good win. So, I'm not too upset with, with Michigan. Uh, one player I kind of mentioned before the start of the season was Charles Matthews. He's looking pretty good in a lot of ways. He doesn't rely on the three like a lot of the other guys do on the team. So, bridging um, Mo Wagner's, you know, turning into player as well. He's gotten a little more physical uh, in the offseason. So, it's, it's exciting to see players de- develop especially when you kind of watch them through three or four years of playing. Um, you, you get to see them kind of grow before your eyes and to do. But uh, like Darren said, you know, we're starting to reach conference play. Uh, we're a few games away. With, with the Big Ten being down this year, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan fares well in the Big Ten. I'm not saying they're going to win the conference or anything like that. But, you know, I think they could be a top five team in the conference. Uh, I'd, I'd be be happy with that i'd be happy with them making the tournament and then anything can happen from there so, so um right now i think they need to play a little bit better defense uh, i feel like they kind of give up a lot of a lot of offensive rebounds uh, we don't get a lot of second chance points but you also look how this team is built and they're just not built to be on the boards so you kind of give and take with with the style that we play and uh you just hope the offense is rolling. <laughs> now, right now, Villanova is the number one ranked team uh, in NCAA basketball. Uh, do you guys think that they're the clear number one? Do you guys think that there's a team out there that's better? Uh, just how, like, who do you think is the best team out right now? Definitely not a clear number one. It, it, it's so hard to tell uh, who is, especially this early. A lot of teams are still finding identity. Uh, conference play is always another obstacle that you have to hurdle constantly. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're, you're you're looking at Duke, who probably will. You know, wouldn't be surprised if they see number one again this season. See number one it's this season. Uh, if North Carolina gets on a big roll, they can probably see number one this season as well. So, cut number one, and I think we'll see you know a handful of teams take the spot of 
just once this year. So uh, I'm not saying Villanova is a bad team. I just don't think they're clear number one. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. Basically, any of the teams, I would understand if they make, well, I'll say top four. Uh, North Carolina, I'm, I'm not too sure about them, but uh, I think all those have number one team potential. Villanova, Michigan State, Arizona State, and Duke. Uh, any of them finishing the year uh, as that number going in. Uh, they all all are pretty balanced, play good all around games. Uh, but to say one of them is clearly the best team in the nation, no, it's it's too early for that. All right, now uh, just who are some players uh, that you guys felt that uh, really uh, came out this year and uh, just balled out uh, so far that maybe may have not been on your guys' radar uh, yet or what? Like, you guys got any players? Trey Young, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, he wasn't really on my radar. Dude's averaging over 20 points and I think over like 16 assists or something like that. Uh, it may not be that high, but um, see. I know he's leading Division One in points and assists right now. Like, oh, he's leading um, both in both. Yeah, that's oh wow, that's impressive. Um, I can't really think of a time I've seen a player points to record over twenty assists. Kate game, to be be able to have that much offensive capability. So and and yeah. he he would be the one one for me. I, I would agree with that pretty much. Uh, if I were to pull somebody else out, I guess it'd still be kind of homerific for me for for me. But uh, Jaron Jackson, I, I I do think he's kind of gone beyond what was expected for from him coming in as a freshman. Uh, I know he's a big body, so like the block shots aren't too, but just how athletic. Like he is his shooting range. He already has as a freshman college threes, not NBA threes, but he has that kind of range, and he's just been able to do a lot more around the basket than an eighteen-year-old coming into a Tomizo system. Yeah, Trey Young, man, twenty-eight point five and ten point two assists per game. So. It wasn't 16. It feels like 16. <laughs> Your dumbass don't know what you're talking about, man. But <laughs> Probably first time you ever Googled it. <laughs> oh, man. True. All right, y'all. Uh, any other uh, comments on NCAA basketball before we close this out with some NBA? Nope. All right. Okay, uh, just thoughts on this NBA season. Pretty exciting, I think. Uh, it's kind of kind of tough in the NBA. You know, every year we go insane. There are probably five teams that actually have a shot. So you kind of just wait for everything to kind of find its way through the weeds. And in the end, we tend to see the same four or five teams. Uh, so it kind of makes it very anticlimactic. But uh, I definitely think that. You know, a couple of 
surprising things going on at least. Uh, you know, the Celtic student, uh, Gordon Hayward, I think is a lot of people I know this for me. Uh, the kind of taking the the horns and uh, leading leading fun to watch. I actually really like that Houston team. Uh, I think we've all kind of liked them for the last few years. Yeah. They, they 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 shocked me this year. Uh, we'll get more to them in a little bit, but yeah, that that's that's a team that kind of shocked me um, so far. Yeah, I think the hometown Pistons. Uh, they're recently coming off, I think, a four or five game slide, but three or four straight after that, and they're playing well and, and to shape up fairly well in the East. And Cleveland answered us. Slow start. I mean, just we get a lot of what we expect. We got some of what we don't. It's not typical, yeah. uh, which which is good. You know, we're not seeing oh, it's Golden State with two losses through twenty seven games, and in the East, so we'll get this finals again. You know, so I don't think that's the conversation anybody's having right now, and I. For, for, just for that, I think you know it's a win so far for the NBA. Yeah, yeah I mean this this has been a season where it, the the talent gap has closed some, which is big for the league. It's been fun seeing the Cleveland Golden State show, but uh, I think everybody likes a little bit of parody. Time to switch yeah. it up. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I do still think that's probably our final. Be crazy about it, but at least there's some doubt uh, so far, at, at least in the season. Yeah. We've had a couple teams jump up the bad, like uh, like uh, Tyler to to Detroit. They probably had a surprise of the year. Indiana, everybody thought would be terrible. Mm-hmm. They're like a good team. Uh, and then you have on the other side, like you have Oklahoma City who built a big three but haven't quite figured out how to make it work. And they, you still have the project in New Orleans with Davis and uh, Buggy Cousins. Not possible. To be yeah, I was reading a uh, possible trade. I think uh, Boston was looking into getting uh, Anthony Davis. So... Yeah, have to see how that yeah, works. But man. That, that that doesn't sound too realistic for me. Just True. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans has AD under contract for another two years. If yeah. they were if they were looking for Boogie, who I think this is the last year of his contract, that that makes a little more sense to me. But yeah. not just... those guys just got so much potential, man. Like, dude, if you got Boogie and AD on your team, man, it's. Like, man, those guys are just amazing to try to break that up, man. They got to just find a way to get those guys to just uh, be cohesive together. But, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It seems like a team that should work with top 10 big men on your team yet. They click. Yeah. Uh, Anything else to say, man? Or. No. Okay. Uh, since y'all ain't gonna, uh, well, since y'all ain't gonna mention it, man, I, it's a must that I gotta do it. But shout out to my man Kobe for getting them jerseys. Uh, 
hung up <laughs> the other day since y'all don't know how to appreciate greatness. So that's first and foremost. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, second, man, I just want to say, man, it's good to have uh, Kawhi Leonard back um, on the, the Spurs. Uh, that guy's just too talented to just be sitting out like that. But um, very surprised at just how long he was uh, – sitting out i thought he thought he would have been back uh in a shorter time but uh you know pop he takes his time uh with his players and um it's just good to see him back on that court uh hopefully you know doesn't have any setbacks uh because those hamstrings can be tough uh to Mm -hmm. come back from and get back in the groove so it's good to see Kawhi back and just also man um i'm really starting to just appreciate lebron james and more i'm not really a, you know, before I wasn't really a huge LeBron James fan, but just watching how he's working with these uh, Cavaliers teams, uh, just went through the injuries and whatnot. Um, just watching this guy just out there just balling hard, man, and just doing his thing. So uh, he's just been a joy to watch uh, when I've been catching him on his games and uh, stuff. He's just out there always giving it 100% and just uh, working hard. So you always, man, whenever you just – have someone that's going to go down as one of the goats. Uh, you just really just have to watch him and just appreciate him because we don't know when the next time we're going to see another LeBron or may not never see another LeBron again. So um, it's just, you know, I've been watching him this year and uh, it's just been an absolute pleasure to watch. Um, but yeah, those are my key things. Now, up next. Uh, Kobe Flappyism, that was pretty good. You said what? <laughs> I said outside of the slappy slappiness for Kobe, those <laughs> good thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to give a shout out to the Black Mamba. So, but uh, let's talk about OKC, man. Um, I think the last time I checked, they were at the number eight spot, but they were uh, fifteen and fifteen. The last time I checked, uh, I had to look at their record real quick. Um, but guys, just what are your thoughts on this uh, team? You think? They would be better so far at this point, or you still think uh, they would have had uh, time to click more? Well, yeah, they're 15 and 15 right now. They're at the number seven spot. But just, yeah, what are your thoughts on this OKC Thunder team? Um, You thought they would be better by now or what? Well, for sure, yeah, definitely thought they would be better. Uh, You have three players of that caliber. Uh, uh, I, I didn't think 500 team when I look at them, but. They just can't seem to figure out how to play together, like lead or what style they should play. Uh, to be, be, be what they were the man on their their previous teams or last year on in Oakley OKC as far as Russ goes, but but a gel. Uh, they seem like a team where the questions people had about KD going into Golden State, enough shots to go around. Or, yeah, that's a good or what point. To do. Yeah. This is happening with this squad because you have three primary scores all just trying to figure out. And it seems to be a lot of, okay, it's your turn to go score and we'll just stand around and do nothing. Like their offense is just – don't have an offense it's just you you three Mm -hmm. take turns figuring it out and i guess if you get doubled or tripled drop it off to the other two and see if they can pick up the breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. uh but 
figure out something or figure out if they need to trade uh, Mello or 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 Paul George or something to see if they can get more pieces to allow more of the offense. But something has to be figured out. Uh, down, uh, which is hard to believe. He's he's not shooting as well. His production is down as far as that goes. Uh, he's well from anywhere. He, he's, he's still scoring, but it, it's taken a lot more for it to happen. And mm-hmm. uh, and Melo's not getting younger, so um, yeah. If maybe if I don't know if he would want to swallow a pill like that, maybe good to do what D Wade did with Cleveland and you know opt to come off the bench as a six man or lead that second unit, give them that scoring punch, and they they need to try something. <laughs> Putting them all three on the court's not working. Yeah, I don't know if Melo would be able to do that, man. But hey, just be throwing it out. Yeah, there. it's yeah. You know, I definitely think that they can turn it around. Like I think Darnell will, you know, hit the point square on. You know, is the fact you have three primary ball scorers, which yeah. have really defense. And yeah, you're putting all well, okay, yeah. I mean, I think people will be like, "Oh man, he's a top." I mean, he's not bad, but it, I guess to me, it's just the point that you have three guys that over twenty something points, but you just. I don't know. You just can't have three guys doing that at one time. It just doesn't work like that. You know, I think where a lot of the stuff goes wrong, you know, I mean, it, a lot of these guys play, you know, 2K and all that. And they're all like, oh, you know, let's see what happens when we put all these, you know, stud players on one team. And, and uh, LeBron. Ron said when, you know, Isaiah Thomas comes back, he's been playing on 2K with all the lineup combinations. It's like, yeah, it can work on a video game. and Yeah, it can work at the Olympics because we're just that much better than everybody else in basketball. Hey, just, I don't know. I I think it's just proving that you can't have overload. Have, you know, too many options. What Golden State has is unbelievable. And I think this is proving that. How they're able to do it, this staff with Draymond, who took you know a little bit of a hit with KD coming in, even Clay Thompson taking a little bit of a hit, do it. It's phenomenal for nobody else to be able to do it. Believable, you know what I mean? Like you would think that somebody else would be able to figure it out, but nobody else has. All right. Um, now about to just switch over to the Rockets. Uh, they currently have the best record in the league right now. Um, y'all think they're the best team in the NBA, or you just think they just got a good little streak going on right now? Uh, how do y'all feel about this Rockets team? Yeah, 
go as far as to call them best team in the NBA yet. I'm going to watch. They, they're well, but, I mean, they there's no rings behind them to put anything like that on. And, you know, Golden State is still there. Cleveland is still there. The Spurs are still there. Uh, if they run through all of them and end up with with the O'Brien this year, best team. But yeah, I can't, I can't go there yet. Because I, mean, I mean, at one point Boston was on a ridiculous winning streak and was looking like a yeah, true, a world beater without Hayward. Yeah, anybody call them the best team? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, per- perfect point. You know, how many years in a row? Three. Mm-hmm. Until we see Houston making it to the finals, until we see Houston winning the finals, and call them the best anything. Yeah. I, mean, I, was, I think we all can agree. They're really good playing really good basketball. Yeah. We just need to see something bigger than a good regular season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was pretty surprised with this team, man. Um, Houston, when that first, when that trade first went down, uh, sending Chris Paul to the Rockets, I was kind of, uh, wary of it because you got to have a lot of people out there hyping this team up, uh, talking about, you know, how good their backcourt was going to be and whatnot. But I was like, they already have had one of the greatest, uh, backcourts in the league, uh, with when Patrick Beverly was there and, um, I forgot they had that. I think they had another guy, uh, too, that they got rid of, but I may mean, not, but yeah, when Patrick Beverly was there, they were already had one of the best, uh, bad course out there you can ask of. So just when they brought Chris Paul there, I was really just wondering, like, okay, how much better is this team going to get? And Chris Paul had a little leg injury. James Harden was out there to manage and have his team perform pretty well. Then Chris Paul came back. And they were starting to click. I was just wondering, you know, with these two guys, uh, with their demand for the ball, how would that work out? But they've been working out, uh, pretty good so far. Uh, they just been playing well. So, uh, it caught my eyes, man. I was, uh, surprised it was going to work as well as it's been doing, uh, so far. But got to give credit to, uh, Mike D, man. That guy knows how to put together an offense for sure. So, um, Offense is very efficient. They're going to go out there and get their points. Just going to have to see how that defense is going to do uh, when they go compete against these Spurs or the Golden State Warriors and whatnot. So they're definitely a fun basketball team to watch, but uh, definitely want to see how they're going to keep going moving forward. Now, let me let me ask you guys this. Uh, with Chris Paul and James Harden, y'all think they're the best backcourt in the NBA? Very good. Still lean towards uh, uh, Stephen Clay. Okay. Yeah, I I would lean towards Stephen Clay because they're, you know, they're the two consistently doing it, making it work, making. I don't. I don't think that you know, three straight finals is really something you can. Compared to numbers. All right. I can respect that. All right. To close us out, it's a must that we 
talk about Wait, the Detroit Pistons. Real, real quick, Trey, can I ask you guys one quick NBA question? Sure. Yeah. Is Kyle Kuzma flying too far under the radar? Yes. <laughs> 38 tonight. <laughs> like, he should, do you think he should be being talked about for rookie of the year? He should be in the conversation, but I mean. And, and I'm not saying the favorite. I'm just saying, yeah. should he be in the conversation? Because I don't see him in it. And I'm yeah. a little confused. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree, but I mean, he, he is. He's on the team Alonzo Ball, and even though he's up and down, that's all everybody is looking at. And then you have you have Ben Simmons, who, who's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm I'm looking at Kuzma as a top five rookie. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I like, and this is I'm a Laker guy. So uh, honestly, I like Kuzma better than I do Ball. Uh, that guy's <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous. One thing that I'm disappointed in with. Um, Oh my goodness. Uh Luke Walton, uh the Lakers coach Luke Walton is I don't think he's honestly been giving those guys uh been giving him enough playing time because he's been uh having Lopez and Nance uh start and then you know you had Kuzma uh coming off the bench. Uh, I did I didn't like the minutes that he was giving Kuzma. I think he needs to let that guy get loose more and go out there and just do his thing because that guy can flat out just ball, man. So, uh, yeah, that that guy's a freaking monster, dude. So I, mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I want to see Luke Walton let that guy get loose more um, because I think he's uh, holding him back a little bit coming off the bench. I, I'm a huge fan of Larry Nance. Uh, kind of disappointed in Brook Lopez a little bit uh, so far this year, um, but yeah, I, I think Luke Walton needs to let that guy go out there and just. And just ball out more give them some more minutes especially this team nobody really has high expectations for the lakers this season let's just be honest mm-hmm. uh, i know uh lavar said what he said he expect them to get 50 wins or whatever but let's just be honest man this this is the time where he luke walton needs to just let those guys uh ball in kuzma go out there and just ball out man and get mm-hmm. some more uh chemistry together because uh, Kuzma that, that guy's a monster I don't think that guy's just getting um, enough playing time um, as it is but yeah he balled out mm-hmm. tonight so anything to add to that on Kuzma no okay. I just want to know what you guys thought yeah so yeah Luke play Kyle Kuzma more man that, that guy's a monster <laughs> yeah but to close us out, uh, it's a must. We got to talk about them, Detroit Pistons. Uh, just thoughts on them so far uh, this year, guys. Yeah, a lot good to talk about it or not. Yeah. Uh, rough night tonight. Uh, not doing so well against the Mavericks, but, uh, you know, th- those nights happen. There's, there's not a whole lot you can do, but. I I think things that I've been throwing around to to a few of my friends is you know the the idea that, that what if what if this team traded Reggie Jackson would we we be seeing what we're seeing right now? Um, a lot of Detroit wanted him gone. They didn't like you know his chemistry with the team. It appeared you know, and the way it appeared, and just thought you know we need to get rid of him. He's an issue, but he's playing well. Uh, 
you know, he's got that team rolling at the point guard position. Uh, Drummond's kind of the, no pun intended, but he's the drum beat. You know, he, he as he goes, the team goes. Um, Tobias Harris, uh, can't say enough about him. I, I, I really like the way he plays. I wanted the Pistons to get him a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the only, the only thing about the Pistons right now that at least I don't necessarily want to say it worries me because I mean, we're, we're still not exactly close to the, I mean, we're approaching the all-star break, but we're not like a week away. Uh, I, I still wonder how the Pistons are going to do with depth of the big man position. So Drummond gets off the floor. They can either go to Moreland, who and Boban Marbanovich or whatever his name is, he's hit or miss all the time, and they only play him like once every like games it appears. So I I just I worry about this team's depth. I feel like they get to the bench and it's a bunch of three pointers or nothing. Um, but I, it's almost like they, they lose a lot of once they hit the bench. I mean, the, it, Stanley, Stanley Johnson, they need to move from him. I think if they traded him, I don't know what you'd be able to get for him. That's, that's the problem. I don't think his value is very high. Uh, but when I kind of, to wish uh, would either step up or step out. Um, I like this, this team. I really do. I like the direction they're going. I really hope they can keep it up. Really need to avoid those four game losing streaks. Those hurt. Yeah, I'd add to that. They've, like I said earlier, they've been a big surprise. Uh, Personally, I I didn't expect them to be doing as well as they've been mm-hmm. uh, as high as second in the East. Uh, that's crazy to expect for a team that you know everybody was saying blow it up last year, uh, mm-hmm. and wasn't the biggest fan of their draft this year. But uh, Stan seems to have gotten the buy-in, uh, even with was talking about who seemed to be a problem child last year and Drummond who seemed to kind of not care about playing he didn't look like he would ever learn how to shoot free throws but uh, there's been lots of improvement with this team and uh, uh, the only thing I, I, I feel bad for them they're doing this well but on TV they're still doing it in front of a quarter full arena yeah man it, it's horrible <laughs> just to see you know them be on tv man just to see all those empty seats uh which you kind of did bring up a good point man with them making that move to detroit uh it pissed off a lot of people uh in the palace area so they you know because could still be salty about buying tickets to go to that uh go to little caesars when they could have just went to the palace so but it's it's ridiculous, man, because this Pistons team is having a hell of a year and ain't bringing in the people to watch them. Yeah, they're as good as good as they've been in years. Uh, at that point, I mean, even when they were bad 
the palace was still mo- mostly full. They they weren't selling out, but uh, the crowds for, for the bad Pistons team last year make the crowds for this good Pistons team look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and th- there's only so long you can get away with saying and that everybody's out in the concourse looking at the new arena. Yeah. yeah. You have a team that good people are going to sit. So uh, they they have to figure something out. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, any other thoughts uh, or anything to say uh, before we get to the uh, pickums? Nope. All right, this is do or die. I uh, got this week's games and next week's games um, on here, but uh, it's it's pretty close. Uh, Ty's stinking it up. He's thirty six for seventy five. Um, I'm in second place with thirty eight for seventy five, and Darnell is in first with forty for seventy five. So, rough year for, in reality, rough year for all of us again. Five yeah. <laughs> sure. um, and just two. So uh, I'm shooting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just two for our um, NCAA college football uh, picks for the bowl games. We're all tied right now so uh, mm-hmm. in that one, so we're at the same percentage. So just have to see, man. Got some good games coming up, so we'll see how it's going to turn out um, in the coming weeks. So the first game we're going to get into is Detroit, the uh, Lions versus uh, Cincinnati. Who you guys got? Hey, give me the Lions. Yeah, I'm going with Detroit here too. Uh, since he just gave news that their coach isn't finishing out the year, uh, I don't think they're going to shore up to try to make him look good going out. I think they prior mailing it in. And Detroit's fighting for playoff spot, so that is true as well. I'm going to go with uh, Detroit as well. Um, up next, we had the Rams versus Tennessee. Uh, give me the Rams. L.A. All right, what you got, Ty? I said the Rams. Oh, you said the Rams. Rams. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next, we got Atlanta versus New Orleans. The Saints coming for revenge. All right. Ray uh, Ingram train is mm. – Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan on a jersey had uh year prior, so uh give me the Saints. All right. Give me Atlanta. Call for the sweep. Yeah. Okay. Up next we got the Jets versus the Chargers. Chargers. I'm going San Diego. Uh, LA. <laughs> oh, yeah. LA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard. It's still hard to say that. Yeah. All right. You got the Rams, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> this would put me at a tie with Darnell, but I think I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. So, All right. Up next, we have Jacksonville versus San Fran. Give me Jags. Good Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I'm gonna take Jacksonville as well, even though it will be. Uh, you still there, Ty? 
All right. Up next, we have Dallas versus Seattle. Well, Seattle has no defense and they have no offensive line. Dallas better be able to beat them. I'm picking Dallas. All right. Yeah, Zeke Elliott's coming back. Give me Dallas. Give me Seattle. All right. And okay. (laughs) All right. Up next, we have uh, to finish out week week 16 is Arizona versus the New York Giants. Game of the week. Battle of futility game of the week. (laughs) Uh, You mean the Giants? I'm still on the same way. They're playing for pride now. They can't make playoffs. Just they're, they're still salty for me. Game. They're just playing not to suck. Yeah. yeah. All right. Give me uh, Arizona. Now for week seventeen uh, to close this out, we have to start this off. We have Baltimore versus Cincinnati. Ravens. Ravens. All right. All three got the Ravens. All right. Atlanta versus Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, there's not that one as well. All right, give me Atlanta. I'm about to blow y'all out these last couple of weeks. So, all right, or, yeah. or blow up your picks. All right, <laughs> Dallas versus Philly. I'm gonna go Dallas again. There, right. they they get out. And they yeah. ain't playing anybody because they have a playoff spot locked up. Yeah. Give me Philly. Uh, you said Dallas, Ty? Yep. Okay. Buffalo versus Miami. I think I'm going to roll with Miami on this one. Who y'all got? I said the Bills. Oh, the Bills. And Ty, you you got the Bills too? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, give me Miami. Going with the fighting Cutlers? Yeah. <laughs> and to close this out. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Close this out. Uh, Green Bay versus Detroit. Uh, no Aaron Rodgers. Give me Detroit. We all three going to go with the D? Yeah. All right. Okay, that's about to wrap this up, guys. Just any uh, final statements before we get ready to close this out? Since we won't be on uh, this coming week, I'll say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh, you got anything, Darnell? Likewise. Oh. No. Okay. Happy holidays to everybody, whatever you celebrate. Yeah. Same here, man. I just got to give a, uh, again, another special shout out to, uh, Umar Johnson for doing that interview last week. Uh, he came in there, man. I know he was going to bring it, but he came in there just swinging. Um, no, he had pissed a lot of people off just by looking at some of the comments. But, um, if you're, if you didn't check it out, man, I would highly uh, recommend you listen to it. Uh, he talked, we talked about a lot, man, just in terms of politics and race. Um, if you can just keep a level head, um, not get offended, anything like that, just realize it's just an interview. 
Um, I think you'll be good. It was just a good discussion. Uh, guys just came in there and just brought some heat. So it was just fun talking to the guy, uh, just getting to see some of his views on some of the questions that I have him. So huge shout out to him for doing that interview, man. Um, but other than that, y'all have a happy holiday. Uh, we'll catch y'all in about two weeks. Um, have a good one. And always just know that you can check this podcast out on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Just search in Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Also, hit us up on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. And uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.